Hey guys, this is Zach with the Addicts in Recovery podcast. Um, it's been a very long time uh, since I have done an episode. Uh, and there are many factors to that uh, other than, you know, life just kind of happens and gets in the way and uh, juggling co-hosts and juggling the... the uh, the logistics of it during you know a pandemic and from around the world has just been a crazy thing so um i'm incredibly uh pumped to uh to do another one of these um i am alone uh in this one there you know it's like i said it's really hard to keep up with co-hosts uh but i uh really want to talk about a topic that is incredibly close to me and my recovery and something that has really been a con- a constant uh challenge in my life and and that is fear um i've never really experienced much fear growing up and but I I've noticed that I'm incredibly it's incredibly prevalent in uh, in my adult life and so I kind of want to go over the recap of that like where where I see it starting from how kind of I think it developed um, and and how it progressed to really fuel my addiction uh, because I think that that is something that has been a huge huge factor in my life. Uh, regarding my my substance abuse and and why I would get high. So, um, starting out, I I remember as a kid, I had a really weird relationship with my dad because my dad my dad was a drinker, and I don't necessarily you can't really I mean I can't call him an alcoholic because there's a borderline or there's kind of a line right between a binge drinker or just a drinker and a, uh, and an alcoholic. So, um, but kind of the way that we define that is by, is it negative effect? Is it negatively affecting my life um, to a point where there are consequences that I don't want to deal with, right. Or that I can't deal with. And it never really affected him that way. But what I can say is that he was very much, not an emotionally, um, not really an emotionally given guy, right? So, uh, growing up as a as a kid, hold on, I think I got to turn my mic down. Um, growing up as a kid, I never really, I never really could connect with him, and and I, every time I'd be an authentic, I was try, I would try and be authentic, you know, just be myself. Um. I would always try and connect, right? Or I'd always try and, you know, have a dad. And it came down to this, uh, to this, you know, he was just disconnected. He couldn't, he couldn't connect with me like the way that I, that I needed. And it created this kind of, uh, this kind of thought in my mind of, I'm just not good enough, right? Or this fear of like, what do I need to do to, to um, you know, make dad happy? And that can that really persisted all the way through through my youth. Um, but it was really the only fear that I had. I was really only afraid of my dad. He was just this 
big terrifying guy and uh who was really just not uh emotionally connected and which is fine you know that's this, people are the way they are and he did the best he can and I, I love the guy uh to like the death but i i but at when you're a young man it's it's tough you know kids and i'm sure i'm sh- i'm sure it was tough um but he gave me a really good life he just you know uh emotions are a thing and so growing up i i did have this fear of not being or the sense i guess of not being good enough and of um trying to fit in needing to fit in that i was so afraid that i wasn't going to be accepted for who i am so i needed to be anyone else i could right so whether it was like hanging out with one group of kids growing up versus you know hanging out with this other group of kids and and molding to each one because i i I couldn't be comfortable just being myself um and that really progressed like all the way up you know through school and into high school until and this is like a really key point it was until i started uh really you know in high school really drinking and regularly getting high and i remember attributing to this attributing it to this years like years ago uh like as actually i was um in in it um i remember saying man like I am so much more confident. Uh, I'm so much more confident now that I started, you know, smoking weed. I'm so much more confident now that I started doing drugs. Um, I just didn't care anymore, right? I could get drunk. I remember the first time, uh, like, getting, like, really good and drunk. And I just didn't care anymore. All I could do was laugh, right? I didn't have any fears. Um, and, and, and this is, at, like, I think 16 is when I first got drunk. And... I didn't have any fears, man. It just, it shut it up, right? It, it just shut it off and I could have fun and I didn't have to care who I was. I didn't have to care about who I was trying to please um, or what you thought about me. I didn't care about any of that. And it was, it was the most freeing feeling uh, to just be, ah, I was just lifted, right? Um, that The fear was lifted. And... I mean, obviously, you know, there were things that, that, uh, I, I think are natural fears, um, you know, fear of, of, you know, I need to pass my classes or like fear of girls. Uh, but you know, one of the biggest things that I feared, and this is something that I think is really interesting is I, I really feared normality and I fear, and I feared ending up living a, a very basic life um that really had nothing uh to you know i guess show for it right i used to think that that people who didn't drink and party i used to always wonder how they had fun like the only thing the only thing fun to do in this world was to drink and party (laughs) uh and that's what i believed right is that that was the only thing and and because it was just it was everything in my life um and so you know, I, 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 these fears, uh, really took over and, and these fears right around high school is when, you know, I started fearing, you know, what is the future going to look like? Um, I don't want to work a nine to five job. I have this fear of normality, you know, I want to do, and this is like every high school, you know, kids dream is, you know, I want to be a musician. Um, I want to be a rock star. Uh, they live great lives. Right. And I want to, um, 
I want to have this movie star life. I, I want to break out of the boredom. And I, I, I could, uh, I couldn't imagine my life working a nine to five. You know, I still can't imagine my life working a nine to five and I'm almost 30, right? Um, but I could not imagine my life working uh, f- from nine to five. And using and drinking seemed like to have heightened it to like the my heightened my fears to like this next level um to a point where i i would drink and i would get high and then there would be like several days um afterwards where i would uh just have this horrible anxiety you know what am i doing with my life um how you know how have i ended up this way what can i do to you know escape this how and i would just have these meltdowns and um it's so funny that that at you know this age of 16 or 17 maybe 18 i was experiencing uh this anxiety so then i would drink to get rid of the anxiety and then the booze would then fuel right the anxiety the next day and then i would just be because I, i was just uh messing you know the chemicals in my brain and it was um. It, I was just. I was so. Uh, it, it it was. I was just a mess, right? And then I moved out, and I and I tried going to university, and university was just was just horrible. Uh, my first go around, and everything changed. Uh, when I initially first shot up dope. Uh, I know that there's a bunch of different words for dope, uh, different different meanings. My specifically, mine was mine was meth, um, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Why I chose it or why I like it, especially for somebody who is like a naturally anxious person. I hated that, and I hate I hated being anxious. But I remember first doing it, and this rush of. I can do anything and I can do everything uh, in my life. Anything I put my mind to, anything that I challenge myself with, I could do it. That was that was the feeling that I got. Um, it was like I took every one of my fears, every one of my insecurities, every one of my, um, you know, my, my what I saw, I guess, for a be- lack of a better term, defects of character were gone. Uh, and it was just nothing but possibilities. And I loved that. Oh my God, did I love that. Because I learned so many things. Yeah, you know what? Tweakers, tweakers are crazy. And I I, <laughs> I can I can say right now that there's been some crazy shit that I've done in my life. Like crazy shit that I've done in my life on drugs. There was also a lot of really, um, really useful things that I learned while I was high. And I'm not condoning, you know, every, hey, everybody, go get high and, you know, learn how to fucking fix a car. Uh, or, you know, tear apart your radio and put it back together again. But all of the kind of the, the, I don't know, the, the trade skills that I have, cause I used to work construction and, and all of the trade skills that I had, I learned because I had the motivation to, from this drug. Right. And I had this, like I, the doubts were gone. I could just, I could learn it. You know, if somebody would put something in front of me and most people would say, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I would be like, fuck it. I'm doing that. And I'm going to learn along the way, right? Um, and it just, it just, it, that was, that was the hook. 
That was the whole hook. That was the thing that I had been chasing my entire life was to get rid of that fear so that I could just I could just be myself. I could just be free. I could I could have a belief that the that the future of my life that that was was going well. And that drug gave that to me. And it gave that to me for years. Every time, every time I'd get high. And then obviously, you know, you progress and, and the, the consequences of that, uh, the physical, the mental, the emotional, um, the relationship consequences of that uh, took its toll. And, and it did to a, obviously to a, to a horrific degree, like it, like it normally does, right? Um, never have I ever met anyone who was a consistent, uh, you know, consistently shooting up dope and and uh does it their entire life and says yeah man i i made some really good decisions i'm incredibly happy with the way my life turned out uh not once right and uh i really challenge <laughs> anyone uh who could tell me differently with that but this this fear like it, it this then the fear shifted right it went from oh what am i going to do these insecurities to now oh my god i can't get caught and then, of course, you know, the side effects of, of the drug, my drug of choice, paranoia. And I can't get caught. Um, you know, I can't. I, I'm, I'm telling everybody all these lies and I'm building these like giant intricate nets of deceit. And I'm trying to these webs of deceit, I guess. And I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, f consistently find ways to keep up with them and to uh to, to, you know, work my way uh, through them so that I'm not caught, right? Because nobody wants to get busted uh, when they, when, with their drugs. And leading up to it, you know, then it was, during this time, it was, I couldn't go anywhere. I was so afraid that I'd run out of my shit that I wouldn't go anywhere, right? And, and here I am. At this time, I'm working, you know, construction for my for my dad, and I'm working a I'm working even more than a nine to five. I'm working like a seven to eight, and um, like you know, six days a week, and I'm doing the exact same thing that I was afraid of becoming, and I was hooked in it, and I couldn't go anywhere because my work was my money, and my money was my lifeline to getting my my drugs, and if my drugs were not if I wasn't in that area, then I couldn't get them right. Or, or I would have to plan my, you know, plan it out. Um, and then, and I bet there has to be one person that's listening to this that relates with this. Never once have I ever made it through a trip where I plan out. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to need this much dope because I'm going to be gone for this many days. And uh, then I'll be back and I can hit up homeboy, right? Never have I once made it through the whole, never did I once make it through the whole trip with that amount of dope left like it was always like I, I would cut the trip early or the last day was just total hell or um you know because i would <laughs> I, was just, I was a drug addict man and and i would always take more because you know how oh, i've got more i could just take a little bit less the next day you know how oh, i got more i could just take a little bit less and then it was amazing it was amazing um it's just i just i think that's so funny and because it, I mean, it really just speaks volumes. But the getting the next step, like the next evolution of my fear, right, 
was my life came to came down like a hell in a hell in a handbasket and my next step was to was to face recovery was to face sobriety um i was too i was deathly afraid like when when the time came that like you know i when i came down to the end of my road i was deathly afraid of of recovery and i was deathly afraid deathly afraid of the shit that i had to face um all of the shit i had to face and all of the uh <clears throat> all of the chaos i created and i had i had to fix that and so i um you know i i had to face it right and and i went to treatment i went to rehab and i was in there for it's never a while and i remember these um i remember wondering how you know how i got here why i'm here why i'm here um all of these all of these obviously you know very obvious questions you know how did my life lead lead to this but but then it was how do i get myself fucking out of this like how how am I going to do this? The fear of of I is it even possible? You know, all the people that have hurt, all the chaos I created, all of the 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 just damage I did. Where where am I going to go? How am I going to to solve this? And I don't want to do these fucking these twelve step things, right? Not only that, but I don't want to ask some invisible deity that I spent the majority of my life ridiculing uh to for that help that was that was a a really um that was it was it was really tough and if you if you hear my story and you hear about my higher power or that my higher power experience i guess um that is in i don't know one of the earlier episodes of this podcast the thing that was um that was really prevalent that helped me kind of curb my fears in the beginning was that i had created some type of relationship with whatever the hell i thought was this god thing uh still don't know what this god thing is but uh i know that it helps me sleep better at night so anyway the the point is uh in rehab my fear had then moved to uh to the fear of of leaving rehab which is so funny because i remember walking into rehab saying i'm not staying there a day past the 90 days they told me and then 90 days comes up and they all say hey uh so you know it's 90 days what are you doing with your life and i remember just having a total meltdown uh to a point like i'm sitting in front of my therapist and i'm just freaking out uh because i didn't know what to do i wanted to go home but i knew that everybody was telling me that my best thinking landed me in rehab so i can't trust my best thinking so is this my best thinking or is this not my best thinking and then where am i gonna go am i gonna go to home i can't go home because and i mean that 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 narrative man would just consistently consistently run through my head and it was to the point where my counselor looked at me and she was like there is no way i am letting you leave this place uh on good under good conscience because i know that you would just go out and it would be a total disaster um and it i left me there right so i ended up uh i ended up staying another couple months and then i i, I ended up home and again fear right shifted um I didn't have a choice at this time. I had to go home. And and in treatment, everybody was saying, don't go home. You know, it's like putting a, a clean sock in a dirty shoe. And 
I but I had to, right? So so I'm home and now here we go, right? I'm in it with the people that I caused all this damage to, right? I'm in it with these people that I don't really have real relationships with yet. That that I I I can't um tell you, you know, I I couldn't tell you one thing my I my little sister liked to do. Okay? 18 years old had no idea. Right? Like 17 years old. I had no idea what she liked to do. I didn't even know I, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about my family because I I was avoiding them. And I had to form these relationships and I had to live with these people. Uh like these people. And the question was like when will the ball drop? Right? That was the 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 fear in the back of my head is when will this ball drop? Um everything's all hunky dory now. Yay, Zach's out of rehab and yay, we have this big party and you know, the whole family's there and anybody anybody in early recovery who's like really serious about it knows how how crazy it is for your family to throw a party when you leave rehab uh especially when it's a when it's just full of people that you have somehow uh that you have somehow crossed or that you have somehow caused damage to and they're all there (laughs) it is uh it's an incredibly uh it was it was wild so i moved right and and i kept moving and and in regardless of the fear that I had, I had to keep going. Um, I was not at that point in time there. It wasn't, it was an option in my head to go back out, but I was not giving it that, you know, I wasn't giving myself that option. And I remember I was so dedicated. This is the thing is I was so dedicated and really driven by fear, uh, that, you know, something bad was going to happen that I left this party that my family threw for me the day, the day I got back from treatment, I left the party that my family threw for me and went to a meeting instead. <laughs> uh, because that was, that was you know, where I knew that I would be safe. It was where I knew that I wasn't going to uh, have to face I, I, these people and myself, really, um, that at that point in time. And I think that, that that was one decision that really, really changed my life. And, and carrying forward... About six months down the road, uh, after, you know, really hiding from society and hiding from, you know, being a human because I was too scared to go outside. I was scared to go outside, but I was scared to stay inside. Um, I was scared to get a job. I was scared to go to school. I was scared to really do anything. Um, I, I mean, my whole life was based in fear to a point where in the first few months, after the first few months, I had a friend call me and say, hey, let's hang out. You know, I want to go to a club. And sure as shit, I end up at the club and I'm with him and I'm drinking. And I still, I still remember that. I remember what I was wearing. I remember where we were at. Uh, I remember, I remember what I drank. And I remember it so vividly. And that was that was the one time I put so many months, so many months, like six months of work into into getting away from where I was at. And in, during that work, I was so scared of living that my fear drove me back out to get drunk again. I'm not going to say I got incredibly shit-faced. I didn't. I mean, 
Um, I could have gotten could have gotten a hell of a lot more drunk. Um, I actually, surprisingly, with all of the shame and all of the guilt that I had, I controlled I I controlled myself pretty well. Um, but then it was like a bomb went off. You know, I remember waking up the next morning and there was like almost like a ringing in my ears. Like, you know, I had just died, like a grenade exploded next to me with this, like, what do I do? You know, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. What do, what do I do? Right. Do I face it or do I, like, do I really go out? Like, do I go out hard? Um, it hadn't been long. I knew exactly like my old dealers were still around. Um, I could easily easily get loaded and I think this is probably one of the most one of the most pivotal turning points in my recovery it was when I I hit the fact that I didn't have to I didn't have to go out that 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 wasn't an option what was the option is to is to double down on my meetings is to double down on my services to double down on on my recovery because Relapse is nothing but a symptom of the disease, right? Remember that. Relapse is nothing but a symptom. If I have relapsed, it's because I have stopped doing something or I wasn't doing something to keep myself healthy, uh, to, to not get high or to get drunk, I guess, in this situation. Um, and, and once that point hit, it was it was all you know it was it was dedication okay you know i'm i'm doing this i'm putting my life together i'm not i'm not going back to that shit and i haven't since um but that doesn't mean that that fear didn't leave right just because i had a new resolve just because i had a new thought in my mind of okay i i i am committed to this it did not mean that the fear left um and so here I, I moved on and I, I remember going to school and I remember starting school and uh, I remember I wouldn't enroll in a real university because I was afraid that I wasn't capable of doing the math and doing kind of the essential shit that I needed to do right to, to be a just kind of starting level of a university. I hadn't done I hadn't taken a math class in years and I hadn't taken. I remember I hadn't taken math class since my first year of high school. So it was like six or seven years since I had even looked at a textbook, a math textbook. And uh, so I taught myself. Instead of going to these classes, I, I went to a self-taught kind of uh, local community college type thing. And I taught myself pre-calculus and... Uh, so that I could, so that I could test into the pre-calculus class that I wanted, um, rather than, and I spent, I spent a couple of months doing that rather than taking the class. I was so afraid of failing it that I thought, Hey, I can't fail it if I do it on my own. Right. And so I, I learned on my own and tested into it. That was, that was my, that was, <laughs> uh, just one of the many things that I've done, um, driven by, by fear, which, which steps into this one thing is, Fear isn't always bad. The fear in my life hasn't always been bad. It's actually saved my ass in a few different in a few different spots. Um, but it has been prevalent. It's been very prevalent. And and 
it's natural to be, to be fearful. I know that, um, and I should I, I should be concerned if I don't face fear. Um, but some of these fears are just I mean some of the like learning trig and, and I remember like learning like these crazy you know like the quadratic formula and shit by myself and like I'd have to read through a text page and I'd have to reread it because I had no idea what it just said then I had to go back like a chapter to try and reread that so that I understood what the chapter before was or after it was it was just it was wild um but during all this time, right, so I was I was working on my recovery and, and I was working on with a therapist. And I remember early on that therapist would tell me, look, you've got like incredible levels of anxiety. You're you're way too stressed out. Um, you're way too you're you're way too high strung. You need to consider taking some type of medication um, like a Prozac or, a, you know, whatever else. And I remember looking at her and telling her, there's no way in hell I'm taking another drug to try and function in society again. There's no way I'm doing that. And I, you better as hell believe that I stood by that for months while I was grinding my teeth every day, while I was hiding from society, while I was breaking, having mental breakdowns and, and all of these, you know, all of this stress and, and chaos going on in my life in recovery because of my own fear, um, I, I wouldn't do it. I refused. And a wise man uh, named John Beamer once told me, sometimes he's got to take the crutch. You don't have to use a crutch your entire life. You don't have to use a wheelchair your entire life. But sometimes it's good to just take it, you know. Swallow your pride and take it. Um, take the help. And and so I did. Um, about a year into my recovery, uh, I from you know getting into recovery, I guess the I started taking a fluoxetine or Prozac. And there's a lot of stigma to that, man. There's a lot of stigma to taking medications. I don't take benzos. I don't take anything that I could alter, actually alter my mind with, like alter my thought process with, or, you know, instantly feel any type of, you know, uh, feeling other than, you know, straight air. But there's a stigma to that. And, and I have to say that when I started taking it, um, this medication, I started taking fluoxetine. I, I was terrified that I was going to have to stick to it, that I was going to be addicted to it. I was terrified that this was my, my first step into a relapse and going back out again. I was terrified that this was going to be the thing that, uh, you know, really caused it because of, I, I almost thought that recovery wasn't real if I'm taking something. And it's not like I'm taking Suboxone, all right? Anybody who's taking Suboxone uh, and you haven't heard the Suboxone jokes, it was, it's not Suboxone, okay? You can't get high off the shit. Um, it takes like two weeks before you even start seeing any type of like symptom or results. And uh, it's not like I'm, you know, in here, it's not like I'm over there, you know, emptying out little things of Prozac to try and, you know, snort them. It wouldn't do anything. Uh, this was just a way to help me piece my brain back together after, after, you know, years and years of amphetamine and alcohol and opiate and, you know, whatever else abuse. Um, so I did. And I remember, it's amazing the saying, 
you can't see the forest through the trees, right? You can't see the, people say that all the time, you can't see the forest through the trees. And I think that's the same thing with someone who's had anxiety their entire lives, right? Or, or some type of fear, uh, underlying fear their entire lives. You can't see it when you're in it. And that was the thing that for me, after about two weeks of taking the medication, it was like a whole other experience. I remember waking up one day and, and sitting on my bed and going, I have nothing on my mind. Nothing. It was quiet. I could like I could hear the clock ticking in the room. I could hear the traffic driving by outside. I could feel like when I when I when I went outside, I could feel the sunshine. I could be in the moment. All of this work for a year that I had been doing. All of this work for a year that I had been doing all leads up to me finally caving to take some type of medication i'm not i'm not gonna you know tell say that medication is for everybody what i will say is that it's a huge part of my story all came up to that moment the combination of the therapy of the rehab of the 12 steps and that i had never felt that level of peace like so consistently in my entire life that i can that i can remember um and and it was it was absolutely amazing and what it did is it took my entire life up a notch right um i was able to get into uni and not only was i able to get into uni but i was able to 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 pass all of these incredibly difficult classes that i i didn't think i was capable of passing um with a's god god knows i mean not a year before that i didn't even think i was capable of learning anything right um outside of you know just simple shit and it led to this progression right so since then like with the combination of all these things with the absence of that fear i was able to move to alaska for a summer and i was a hiking guide in alaska where i would take people from all over the world hiking through the wilderness um i i got a new job working in a treatment center um working with i've worked with hundreds of of addicts and alcoholics in early recovery and i, I got to share my story with them and i got to be a part of their recovery and i s still am to some extent um I, I got to see um so many different parts of the world and i i got to you know really start fulfilling some of these things some of these incredibly important things to 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 me um and it was it was incredible it was absolutely incredible and it has been incredible and I think that that has been one of the things that has really uh, really shifted. It was really one of the things that made a turning point in, the, in my life and moving from there, you know, it then progressed, okay, I'm now, and, and fear wasn't gone. Like I wasn't just Superman where I had no, um, no concerns for anything that was going on. It was that it wasn't dictating me anymore. That yes, it was there, and I could see that it was there, but it wasn't always there. It wasn't in every one of my thoughts. It wasn't in every one of my decisions. It wasn't in every one of my instinctual reactions. It was. It, it was just. It was. It, it was where it should be, right? Which is an emotion that we sometimes feel. That I sometimes feel. 
and then I can set it aside. You know, I can move on from that. And <clears throat> I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't do that before. I couldn't do that before. Um, right. So then it comes down to, you know, moving forward. So I go to school and then I get into this, you know, this new burr in my up, this new burr up my ass of, I want to move to, you know, I want to do a study abroad program somewhere. I want to, I want to move somewhere, somewhere new, somewhere foreign. And I remember I was sitting in school and my counselor came up to, came up to me and was talking about the study abroad programs and whatnot. And, and he, he mentioned this two-year program in the UK. And no way in hell would I have ever done this in without all of the work that I did and all of the help that I had with working on my fear. Um, and I decided like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, I, I've, I've, I made it this far. I'm like four years into recovery. I made it this far. I can definitely, if, if I can, if I can step back and, and, you know, help, help myself with recovery and get over this kind of this, this addiction that I was in, I could do anything. And you can, anybody who's listening to this, if you've made it all the way through this podcast so far, there is nothing in this world as difficult as it is to get through and successfully overcome a drug addiction, like a real, a real addiction, really of any sort. I'm not even going to say a drug addiction, alcohol, you know, relationships, these kinds of addictions, they're, 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 they're life changing. And to be able to get past that, you know, to know that I went every day from every day shooting up multiple times a day to working and, and, you know, at that point, uh, I'm just about to finish a, a business degree. Uh, anything was possible. And I remember looking at my mom um, when I made the decision. I, I walk into the, the kitchen because I'm still living with my parents at the time. And I look at my mom and I say, I'm moving to the UK. I, you know, there's this program. Sounds really cool. I think I, I, I'm confident that I could do it and, and I'm going to. And, uh, and she looks at me and she said, no, you're not. <laughs> and, uh, I said, yeah, 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 mom, I am. And, and I did. And, and, and that didn't mean that that fear wasn't there. That fear was definitely there. I'm moving 5,000 miles away. This is the first time in recovery. I will ever be on my own, on my own, on my own. Right. My whole support system, I left gone i was terrified that i was going to get here and the drinking culture which is huge um was going to be a a a really big issue i was afraid that i was just going to go right back out you know because i'm going to a university i'm going to be with a bunch of kids younger than me that are still drinking and thinking partying so great and and that fear was that fear was really there it was it was incredibly prevalent and and you know what i did i saw that fear and i and i talked about it and I brought it up and I mentioned it over and over again. I made it, you know, as, as what it is, which is a fear. And, and that's all it is. It was an emotion. And I did it anyway. I went anyway. Right? Because that is what courage is. Courage is not having the absence of fear. Courage is having that fear. It's feeling it and doing it anyway. And that's really, that's really where, um, you know, that's really where it lies because I would not for any stretch, for any, anything in my life, I would not want to be on my deathbed 
you know, in I know how, what, however many years, laying there thinking, God, I should have done that. Damn, I should have done this. You know, why didn't I go see that country? Why didn't I go on that trip? Why didn't I say that to that person? You know, why didn't I express myself for who I am? Because in the end, all the other bullshit that I was afraid of, you know, didn't didn't even matter. Because in the end, we, we all go to the same place anyway, you know? I can't take, I, I, I can't take, you know, my belongings with me. I can't take my security with me. You know, that life, life is literally about taking risks. Life is a risk because everyone dies in the end, right? That's the, that is the ultimate risk. Um, and I'm not about to, I, I wasn't about to, to just live my life, especially when I had this fear or this kind of underlying desire to not live a life, a normal, you know, nine to five typical life, which there's nothing wrong with, but it was just not something that I wanted to do. And so with that combination, right, of, of facing, uh, of facing my fears of keeping a constant contact, you know, with my higher power, um, because, you know, they say things like, uh, you know, fear, fuck everything and run, or, um, you could turn it into face everything and recover, right? Or fear, you know, it's the opposite of faith, right? Um, or, you know, uh, faith without fear is dead, all of those, all of those things, are, all of those sayings are all very, very real, and are things that I would use because, look, in in reality, this combination of of this faith that I had with this with this you know invisible asshole that had a really good sense of humor and controlled things that I couldn't control, um, this relationship I had you know with God, this this uh, relationship I had with the help that I had, accepting you know. Not just my my therapist's help, but also accepting um, the crutch that was given to me, that kind of support, um, the the persistence, you know, and the and the consistency to even though I'm scared of it, I would do it anyway, right? Even though I was scared of it, I would do it anyway, and and I came, you know, and that that has really brought me to these to these new heights it's brought me to this this whole other world that i currently have two and I, and you know here's my humble brag right i currently have two international business degrees right um i graduated from an international business school in london um i i run i now i run my own business uh, which i've been doing now for over a year um, and it's actually really quite, I, I mean, it's not incredibly successful. I, you know, we all wish that we were millionaires. Um, but it's, it's put me in a situation where I get to work with people from all over the world, right? I work from people with people from India, from Canada, from, uh, America, uh, from Europe, from all over Europe. I have an amazing relationship with one of the most amazing women, uh, probably ever, and I mean that I have ever met. I have this incredible, incredible life, right? And now here I am again with fear. I'm afraid that me running a business is me being a fraud. 
um, by providing a service, by providing, you know, by doing these things. I'm afraid of selling. I'm afraid of, of pushing, promoting myself as a salesman and, and really going out and doing things because, and I know that I'm kind of taking this topic away from recovery, but this is, this is really something that, that is on my, my mind. This business itself is not about just making money and, you know, telling people what to do. And, and it's, it's about taking something that you really desire or that you really, you know, have this belief in and selling it, you know, and, and it has taken me back to this point where I remember when I was selling drugs, right? Um, I remember that I would always skimp the bag and then I would sell it. And then I would leave with this rush of like, yeah, you know, they can't fucking catch me. I got that shit. Got them. Um, and then next time I see him, I'd be scared, you know, that they were going to catch me. Um, I, I, I remember this takes me back to being a kid again, you know, not being able to be my authentic self in front of my dad because, uh, he just wasn't capable of, of, you know, giving me the love that I need. And, and I remember tearing myself apart. Um, I remember, and, and now I'm facing this and I'm facing this on a daily basis and it's seven years into recovery, you guys, like, come on, Right. Um, this just goes to show that, that it's a consistent process. The recovery is a consistent process. My fear is a consistent thing. Um, and it's not going away. But what I want to say is this, it doesn't have to, if you're a person that is, is being in control or is being controlled by your fears, you don't have to, right? That's a decision. And what I mean by that is, yes, I am so afraid of selling, I'm, I'm afraid of having one-on-one conversations with people. Why? Because I'm afraid of what you are going to think of me. I'm afraid of that you're going to find me out. And I'm afraid that you are going to find a way to hurt me in some, I don't know, in some terrible sense, which is, which is so funny because in reality, and, and I know this, I know this very well, um, that I cannot you can whatever you say cannot hurt me, right? You don't know, used to say like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words hurt, man. They cut, right? But they don't cut that deep. I cut that deep. I take that cut, that tiny little cut that your words, you know, inflicted on me. And I rip that cut open. And I just pull it open, you know, and, and I just cause, I take what you said and I just dig that shit like a knife into my heart. And, and I, this is, this is what I tend, uh, I have a tendency of doing and, and until it hurts so bad that 10 years later, I'm still thinking about it. Why now? Do what, why would we do that? Why do you do? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why why do I do that to myself? Is really the question, and that that's my fear is that I'm gonna you know it's gonna end up like that, right? People are gonna people are going to to hurt me, and I am going to allow that to happen. But the the problem is is not the problem. The the, the solution to this, and I know this, and I and this is another reason why I've really just chosen to do this podcast. It the solution to it is this: I'm not going to allow people to do that to me. It's really simple. Okay, it's changing the narrative in my head, right? It's it's changing the thing that I do every day, which is, or not every day, but the the thing that I tend to do, which is, 
oh my God, they said this, you know, this guy was a real dick to me. Oh my God. Yeah. But maybe they were right. Or, oh my God. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I try and sell somebody something and they call me a fraud, oh my God, they called me a fraud. That solidifies the fact that maybe I am, you know, oh my God, that solidifies the fact that maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe they're answering, maybe they're responding to, to me with exactly what I'm afraid of and they're confirming it, right? And if they've confirmed it, then it must be true. And then what? You know, I'm a fraud. I'm not good enough. Um, what I do, you know, I'm just, I'm nothing but a I'm nothing but a sham. I'm nothing but a and 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 I know full well that's that's not me. You know, that's not me. That's not what I do. That's not who I am anymore. It's been a long time since I've tried to rip anyone off, ever. Uh, it's been a very long time, right? And I need to remember that, that, that people cannot hurt me. We need to remember that people cannot hurt us, uh, that we hurt ourselves and we allow that to happen. And that is the decision. Um, and so what I want to do is, you know, I can, I can sit here and say, oh yeah, I've got seven years of recovery and, you know, I've done all of these things and I can tell you all these stories, but I'm, I'm going to say, this is what I do every day now. And I've been doing this now for months. Okay. I wake up every morning and I listen to some type of inspirational or motivational speech, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 15 minutes, right? I listen to something, something that can help me wake up every day and challenge that negative self-talk of I can't or I'm not good enough or I'm afraid. I wake up every day and I do that. Um, I expose myself to to those fears. Um, at the moment, I'm not doing very great at that. I, you know, it's a very light exposure, uh, but I am, I am going out of my way and I am trying to make sure that I expose myself to those fears. I'm reading and I'm learning right about, you know, social anxiety. I'm learning about how I can be more vulnerable. Um, you know, Brene Brown is really, the, her books have been amazing. Um, <clears throat> but there've been, you know, I'm, I, I'm going the extra mile and all the way back to the basics you know i've stepped up my meetings i uh, i've stepped up my my conscious contact you know I'm, I'm working more on on challenging that voice because i know that i, I have seven years of experience now and i know full well that we are in anyone we as people are capable of achieving anything we put our minds to anything it's not it's not a a it's not a mystery, right? If we want something to change, if I want something to change, then I have to make that change happen. I have to take those steps. I have to move forward with that change. I cannot be just, I cannot just sit around and expect or hope that things are going to get better, right? I cannot sit in the I can't sit in the trap house okay with a needle in my arm and hope that I'm just gonna get sober you know one day one day I'm gonna get sober one day I'm gonna get my shit sorted out one day that you know one day that that that'll happen but you know I'm not I'm not I'm not about to go you know take any action towards that it's just gonna happen right because so much shit has happened to me you know so much negative shit that you know good shit has to happen no I have to go out and get that good shit 
I have to go out and make that good shit. I don't just I don't just come in, you know, from from my my dope guy's house or come in come home from my dope guy's house and then all of a sudden, you know, my life is better. You know, all of a sudden I have a beautiful, you know, this beautiful family and this, you know, fulfillment, fulfilled life and great job and, you know, I've done all these cool things. It just doesn't just appear. Like I have to go get that shit. And I actually have to work for it. And I actually have to do what it takes to succeed with that. And I know now that I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting very, tight, and this is the end of the podcast. And I know that probably most people won't even make it this far. But if you're listening to this, and if you're really listening to this, and and you're facing fears, or you're facing, um, you're facing like a hard, you know, a relapse or anything, if you're facing any type of struggle, this is the most solid information that I have ever been given. And that is act as if. Where do I want to be? Okay, I want to be successful. All right, so what do I have to do? How do I have to act or how do I have to be successful? Well, I have to act successful, right? How do I be happy? You know, I want to be happy. Okay, so how do I be happy? You know what? I act happy. What am I going to do when I, what do I do when I'm happy? Well, I go out and I go do things, right? I don't just sit around and slump, you know, I don't, I don't have my sh- whole shoulders hunched over. Um, you know, I stand tall and, and I do things, I go out and I do things. How do I, you know, how all of these things, right? How do I want to achieve something? Well, how am I going to do it? Well, I'm going to take a step forward and do it. You know, I'm going to take that step. What step, right? What, what step do I take? It doesn't matter what step I take. I'm just taking that step. I'm moving forward. I'm taking somebody's piece of advice. I'm taking some type of suggestion and I'm doing what I need to do to 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 better my life because there isn't a single goddamn person out there that will make my life better other than me people can give me things people can improve the quality of my life okay but me myself you know I could have a million dollars here's the thing I could have a dollar and be miserable right? And if you give me a million dollars, I now have a million dollars, a whole lot more freedom, and I'm still fucking miserable. Because it's not about, it's not about what people give to me. It's about what I do for myself, right? And so today for myself, I wake up every day dedicated to change, dedicated to get better and dedicated not to let my life be dictated by fear. I wake up every day grateful that I'm not sticking a needle in my arm anymore. That I'm not that I'm not doing any of this any of this crazy shit anymore that I used to do, right? I don't have to have a bottle to make it through the day. I have money in my bank account. I have a, a family that loves me. I have a girlfriend who who actually enjoys being around me. Um uh, I I have all these things. All of these things that I worked for. But I think the most important thing is is I have this peace of mind that I never had before because it was dictated by fear. And and is the fear gone forever? No. Obviously, it's prevalent in my life today. But it doesn't con- it doesn't control me anymore. It doesn't dictate my life. And uh and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Which is why I decided to do this podcast today uh, to 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 you know open up to be vulnerable to say hey, it's okay to be afraid and it's okay to to struggle no matter how far we are in into recovery because we all have them we all have it we all have struggle we all face challenges 
but what I do, it's not about what happens to me. It's about how I react to that, right? Um, I just want to thank everybody for, for listening to this podcast. It's been a long time since I've done one, and it has been an even... Uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming, and I'm I'm not sure if this is going to be a consistent thing. I'm not sure if it'll be out next week or or not. Um, but what I can say is thank you to everyone. Uh, someone once at least once a day hears this podcast, which is just so cool to me because we haven't even put one out for like two years. Um, and to think that somebody is still consistently listening, or people are still listening, and that I get to actually share my message, I'm just so grateful and so humbled. Um, and let me know guys, if you, if you really want to, obviously, if you guys want to hear more, um, I haven't heard really much from any of anyone in the community in a very long time. Shoot us a message on Instagram at, uh, AIR, uh, or AI recovery cast. Um, that's at AI recovery cast. Um, and we definitely chat. I would love to hear what your guys' feedback is on fear. I would love to hear what you guys have to say and kind of what you guys, if you guys want to hear more of these. Um, But yeah, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for this. And I hope that everyone uh, listening to this has a better day and a blessed life. And uh, I will catch you guys at the next one.